0: And a warm welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold. Jesus said in Mark 16:15, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all mankind. So the topic of preaching, teaching, evangelizing, it's what we do here at Faith Radio. And I love it. And I love talking about it. And I'm going to have a full hour today with Carrie Heddington. She's an evangelist who speaks throughout the U.S. and around the, the world and she loves sharing this abundant life Uh, that you find in Jesus. And she is the founder of the Good News Initiative, which provides resources in evangelism. She's a graduate of Yale University, where she got her B.A., she got her master's at Harvard, and two graduate degrees in theology, evangelism, and apologetics from Oxford University. Always so glad to have her on the show. Carrie, welcome.
1: Thank you, Bill. (laughs) Bill, it is so good. To to hear your voice and uh, just to connect with the with the listeners today and talking about evangelism, uh, you know I always remember the the opening of Rebecca Manley Pippert's uh, book Out of the Salt Shaker into the World. She said um, Christians and non Christians have two things that we we both struggle when we hear the word evangelism but but actually bill i think um in today's world um people are followers of jesus are longing to share the good news and the harvest is plentiful people are longing to hear good news so to, to i think the way we've thought about evangelism in the past i kind of want to to change the the narrative a little bit, it's not a program; it's a way of life. And actually, if we could think about uh, the topic of this, the overall topic of this, I would call it an invitation into joy.
0: I love that, Carrie.
1: That that actually evangelism is where the joy is found when we reach beyond ourselves when we enter into this dynamic adventure with God, it truly makes life worth living. It it gives us purpose. It, in fact, is our primary purpose as followers of Jesus. And, you know, Bill, I've been thinking a lot about what an amazing time it is to be a follower of Jesus. And that's why I'm so glad we're talking about evangelism today today. That if, if we just step back and think for a moment that God has allowed us to be his followers during this time when the world is so absolutely hungry for good news. Um, I will never forget in 1989 uh, when the Berlin Wall fell. And do you remember that, Bill?
0: I do. I remember it well.
1: And just seeing it on television and hearing it in the news and um and I actually went over uh to Europe during that time and and knocked hit got a little piece of the Berlin wall myself. Um and what an extraordinary time. You could just feel it in the air. And um this this unshakable communist rule began to crumble and it was this seismic shift in the history of the world and we all knew it and we were experiencing it together the world over and I remember sitting with my dad around the around the breakfast table during that time and he said kids isn't it an amazing time to be alive when we are experiencing such rapid change right before our very eyes and then he asked this question, he said, You know, I wonder if during the Industrial Revolution if people as people were, you know, families were sitting around the breakfast table like we are eating our, you know, uh Captain Crunch and Frosted Flakes, if if they asked themselves, Wow, I can't believe we're living in the Industrial Revolution. I can't believe we are living during this time. And and so he posed that question You know, were they aware that they were in a time of such great change? And it's always, that has always stuck with me to say, you know, at any given time in our own lives, have we been aware that we're living in such a crucial time in history? And I think during this time, you know, a worldwide dual pandemic, one external, the virus seeking to ravage us, and one internal Um, one seeking to shatter the human heart where we're dividing along political and racial and economic lines. And these dual pandemic, I think all of us know and all of us are so acutely aware that we are living in a time of incredible change that has affected and impacted literally the entire world. And I keep saying to myself, what an extraordinary time to be a follower of Jesus. And that God has allowed all of us to be alive during this time. And we as followers of Jesus hold the message of hope for a world in despair. We hold the message of forgiveness and reconciliation for a world in division, peace for a world in turmoil, love for a world in hate, and life for a world surrounded by death we hold the good news. I mean, Bill, what an extraordinary, extraordinary time to be a follower of Jesus. And I think, though, for many of us, we say, oh my goodness, how do I begin? Even where do I begin? Where do I even begin? And I keep thinking that we're, we're so much like those first followers of Jesus. You know, Jesus, think about, just as he ascended into heaven, think about all that they, think about all they had been through right before and right after they gave him the Great Commission, Think about all that they had seen. They were they were there in the upper Zoom room. Uh, <laughs> always, I feel like that's that's kind of where we are, isn't it, Bill? Yeah. We, you know, we're we're just coming out of the upper Zoom room, <laughs> but you know, they they and it's kind of like this this um, highs and lows and intensities that that the followers of Jesus have been on for three years, and especially. Um, you know, seeing him crucified, the one they thought was the Messiah, then seeing him risen and experiencing him for 50 days and saying he's alive. He's real. God is real. He's Jesus has risen from the dead. He is indeed the Messiah. He is the savior of the world. And then he Gives him this commission. Now, you are going to be my hands and my feet. You're going to be my mouthpiece. You were to, uh, that wonderful scripture from Mark that you read, you're to go in the world and take the good news to the whole world. And then uh, he says, you know, in, in Acts 1 8, uh, you are going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. But wait in the upper Zoom room and, the, and pray, pray, and the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And, and then you are going to go out and be my witnesses. And, and so they're all fired up. And then he ascends into heaven. And they're looking up going, What? And and he's given this he's given this great commission to them, and then he disappears in their sight. And as we know, they go and they wait in the upper zoom room, and and then the Holy Spirit comes. And so, as we begin to think about evangelism, we need to remember a couple of things uh, as we enter into it. One is, is that it is God's mission. And, and just in, in framing our discussion about evangelism today, I want to pick four M's because it's late in the afternoon and people are driving home. Four M's of evangelism so we can remember. One is the mission of evangelism, whose mission it is. The second is the motivation for evangelism, the third is the message of evangelism, and the fourth is the method. So we're going to look at all four of those. But I, I want to begin with, um, before we even begin to think about this, think about what Jesus says. He says, go, I want you to go to that presume room, and I want you to wait, and I want you to pray. And I feel like just this past year, for so many of us followers of Jesus, this is exactly what we've been doing, isn't it?
0: Yeah,
1: we, We've been waiting. But waiting for followers of Jesus, as we know from Isaiah, is, is, is active. It is a time where we press into the Lord. And, you know, we've been—this um, is, in many ways— been a gift to the church in that everything's been stripped away even the way we've done church and we had to actively press in to the lord Uh, isaiah 40 says those who wait for the lord shall renew their strength they shall mount up with wings like eagles they shall run and not be weary they shall walk and not faint So this waiting, even though we might feel exhausted at the end, that those of us followers of Jesus who just sat before him, absolutely spent, he has renewed us. Outwardly, we are wasting away. Inwardly, we will be renewed day by day as we fix ourselves on the eternal.
0: Terry, I feel like everything you just said you should say on radio, because I feel like I'm just having a private conversation with a friend but then I realized you just did say everything you just said on radio so that's fantastic (laughs) all right when I take a little break I'm going to come back I want to get into these four m's uh mission mission motivation message and method this is going to be wonderful and I also want to comment I love the idea that when you're sitting at the breakfast table are you understanding what you're in the middle of yeah and the question I've always asked myself is do I realize life as I'm living it Or do I only see it in the rearview mirror? Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah. We'll be right back with Carrie Heddington in just a minute.
1: You are listening to an Encore presentation of Afternoons with Bill Arnold faith, hope, and clarity in a special repeat performance.
0: I'm glad to be talking to Carrie Heddington today. She's an evangelist who speaks all over the world and also is founder of the Good News Initiative, which provides resources in evangelism. And I'm also thinking of this wonderful passage. It's in Matthew chapter 9, where he saw the crowds and he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And he said to his disciples, "'The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few.' And asked the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field." And I think that sounds like a pretty fair description of today. I look out and I see a lot of harassed and helpless people.
1: Bill, you absolutely you 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 took the words right out of my mouth. Oh, I was gonna. That was the exact scripture that I was gonna start with because before oh. we before we talk about evangelism, we need to talk about who we're who we're evangelizing and what the harvest field is like. And I. Just want to to give us a little snapshot of our current um, our current harvest field that we're in um, in the United States and around the world. And I would say the first thing uh, people harassed and helpless. Um, like sheep without a shepherd, and we know the good shepherd, so we are going to share with them the good shepherd. But just, I want to highlight a couple of things because that is going to inform particularly our method in evangelism. The first thing is um, people are incredibly lonely. Um, Loneliness and social isolation, according to the CDC, can be as damaging to health as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. And during this past year, 61% of Americans said that they are acutely lonely. Gallup, pre-COVID, said um, in the past week what has been your primary source of pain, 80% said their primary source of pain was loneliness. So if you think about this, if you put a group of 10 people in a room, Six to eight of those are going to say, I am so lonely and hungry for community. The next is people are literally physically hungry. One in five are going hungry. This is an opportunity for the church. Um, People are struggling financially. One in seven people are having a hard time paying rent. Seventy-five percent of college students report being depressed. Wow. Um, they said that the the anxiety level for the average American is the same as a psychiatric patient of the nineteen fifties. Just get your mind around that for a moment. Forty mm. percent of Americans report to being extremely anxious, and we know the Prince of Peace. Um, also, ten point seven percent of young adults said they had considered suicide at some point in the past thirty days
0: uh, this is all stunning
1: it, it is it is stunning um, Gallup and Pew research said that there that that they have not seen such a shift in religious practices in more than a hundred years um but interestingly, 19% of Americans said their faith has strengthened. Uh, 3% said it's gotten worse. There has been an increase in prayer. So in the midst of this despair and despondency, there is this incredible spiritual hunger and search. Um, Google said that uh, Google searches for prayer has, quote, skyrocketed. Um, There was a study done at the Department of Economics at the University of Copenhagen, and they looked at 75 countries, and they said that in the world globally, for every 80,000 new registered COVID cases, the Google searches for prayer doubled doubled and they said it's been the highest ever recorded in human history so there there is this incredible incredible search incredible hunger incredible seeking you know it's like and we have this opportunity you know like Paul going into Athens and looking around and seeing all these altars to unknown gods and it said that that caused him such pain seeing that they were totally lost, but then we see Paul rise up and say, what you were searching for has been made known in and through Jesus Christ. So we as the church have this extraordinary opportunity of followers of Jesus to say, you know what, that, that tug, that um, unease, that hunger and looking for answers for something more, we have an answer. His name is Jesus. I have good news for you. You know, um we have this this moment to say God is real, God is alive, God does care, God is here. And that, you know, that Augustine uh that wonderful quotation from Augustine's Confessions where he says you have made us for yourself, O oh Lord, and our hearts are restless until we find rest in you. And so that is what we are to say. There is rest for your soul. And would you like to go on this search? And we're going to talk about methods in a moment. But I want us to start with just a reminder that, you know, as we begin to think about our next-door neighbor and our coworker, and our family members um, is to remind ourselves that this is God's mission, this is His mission, and it's His work. Only the Holy Spirit can convict of sin. Only, only the 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 God can draw him to Himself. Um, but He invites us to be His ambassadors. He invites us to go out and. To be part of his work, what a what an incredible privilege! You know, I think about um, he just from the beginning of time, from the creation of human beings, he allows the, us to be his vice regents. And then he says to to Abraham after the fall, he says, "Now I'm going to bless you so that you will be a blessing." He's always, I'm you are going to be a light. To enlighten the nations, and so He's always used and called the people of God. But it is it is most definitely um, God's God's mission. God, it's not that the church has a mission; It's that that our God has a mission, and He has called the church, um, as Chris Wright said. So, so we have this great mission, and the great missiologists. Leslie Newbegin he said this he said think about it this way think about the church universal like the the embassy for the kingdom of God on earth and he said every local church is like a local kingdom outpost and we are the ambassadors we are the ambassadors who who go out every day. And so I just want to begin with this that that God has a mission to reconcile the whole world to himself through Jesus. And he uses us to to take that good news to the world. So I want to encourage our listeners, have you woken up? Do you wake up every day and put your feet on the floor and say I am an ambassador for the King of kings and the Lord of lords. What a high calling.
0: I'm doing that tomorrow. That's for sure.
1: You know, <laughs> I, I wake up every day and when I put my feet on the ground, I say, in Christ, I am unconditionally loved completely forgiven totally accepted unique daughter of the king i am on mission to be your ambassador lord help me stay alert and stay awake for what you would have me do every single follower of jesus is called to enter into this mission of god so we we have been given this abundant life this joy this salvation in christ and it's never, just as it wasn't for the call of the people of Israel, it's never to hoard it for ourselves. Why is the Dead Sea dead? It has no outlet. Right. It has no outlet. So, so we, we are given this abundant life so we can go out and share it with the world. So the first is, is mission.
0: I know the second one is motivation and I'm already motivated. So I, I don't know what we're going to do when we come back from break. Carrie Heddington is our guest. We're talking about evangelism and I know I am fired up. We'll be right back.
1: Going to an encore presentation of afternoons with Bill Arnold, Faith, Hope and Clarity in a special repeat performance.
0: New show with Bill time, drive time. Let's get it started. I hope your day is going well. I've been feeling so motivated during the break. Rosie and I have been talking to each other, and we're, t- we're talking to Carrie Heddington today. She's an evangelist, and she loves to encourage people, and she's doing a great job of just encouraging everyone here in the studio today, which would be Rosie and I, and we're talking about uh, the four M's, mission, motivation, message, and method. So, Carrie, let's pick up with motivation, even though I feel very motivated.
1: So if you think about this, Bill, have you ever thought about this? In the New Testament, there are no evangelism classes. There's no evangelism teaching. They tell us where to go out and evangelize, but there's no evangelism training. We don't see Paul going around giving evangelism training. (laughs) It's true. Why not? It's because they were so motivated. They had encountered the risen Jesus. And as the scripture says, you know, when, when Peter and John, they, they were told, you know, in the city square, we're going to throw you in jail. You've got to stop talking about about this Jesus. And they said, w- listen, we can't help it. We can't help but <laughs> mm-hmm. speak about what we've seen and heard. So the second M that's so important, per- perhaps the most important part of evangelism is to is more than method we need motivation and uh and and how do we do that well i always looked at those first followers of jesus how did they do it well they they encountered our lord and so that said, and then it says they couldn't help but speak about what they'd seen and heard um the the great oxford scholar michael green Said so the best definition of evangelism is overflow. Overflow. We are so filled with the life of the Lord that we can't help but tell someone. You know, people always use the example of uh, a restaurant. Um, you know, when you eat a good meal, you just want to tell people, you know. Uh, I remember, you know, I got married later in life to my wonderful husband, Greg. Well listen, you know, I was always the bridesmaid never the bride. Believe you me, when I met my love, you you couldn't you couldn't stop me from talking about him. <laughs> I talked about him all day long and there I always found a way to get in a word, you know. We would be eating pizza. Oh, did did I tell you Greg loves pizza, you know. <laughs> The sky is blue. <laughs> blue looks good on Greg. You know, I mean, the, uh, it, it was not hard to find a way to talk about it. Yeah. You know, and so how do we do that? I think it's 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 an exhortation. It's a call to us as believers um, to, as Jesus said, abide in me. Abide in me, and you will bear much fruit. And that that word abide, we know, is to to make our dwelling with, to, to wake up in the morning to, to begin a conversation with God, to pray, to talk with God, to welcome Jesus into every aspect of our lives. Uh, you know, J. John always says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you, says Jesus, F I R S T is he first in your finances? Is he first in your interests? Is he first in your relationships? Is he first in your schedule? And is he first in your troubles? So to, to invite Jesus into every aspect of life, to, to meditate on the word of God, uh, you know, gosh, before I was reading the scripture this morning about uh, the Israelites going into the promised land and what advice does the lord give them meditate on my word day and night and then you will be successful in all of your ways so to just sit with god's love letter his word um and and of course to praise him i know if i'm feeling kind of dry uh i just start praising the lord i I put on some worship music you know God, the scripture says God inhabits the praises of his people, and that word inhabits like to make a covenant with a marital covenant, so you become one as as we pray so so for motivation, you know, and when I look at the lives of of the great saints, they took time, they took time with the Lord um you know John Stott was. You know, probably shaped evangelical faith uh, in the past century, Um, such a significant leader. And what did he do? An hour every morning in prayer, uh, half a day a week, uh, and a week uh, a day a month, and then a week out of a year of just time with God. But you might be a a soccer mom driving your kids around right now, and you're thinking, I don't have time for that. Well, just one drop of the water of life uh, can can fill us up, Mm -hmm. you know, just taking those moments to be filled. But we have to, in order to share the news about the risen Jesus, we need to, to be filled with that life ourselves. He wants to give us. He said, I've come to give you life and life in abundance. So to sit with that, to sit with that, and to, to be filled up with it. Um, and the second, of course, is prayer. Uh, the scripture that, that you read earlier, you know, the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest. Pray for, pray for the workers of the harvest. So we're to pray And I would also say in terms of our evangelism, do we pray for those in our lives who don't know Jesus? Again, think about that first M, mission. This is God's mission. God's the one who wants to save them. It is God's work. God knows how best to love and to reach our neighbor's and so we pray and say, God, you love my dad, or you love my next-door neighbor. You love my coworker. How do you want me to love them today? How, what would you like me to share? Or how would you like me to listen and be present? And so we pray. And I encourage people. You know, think of three people in your life who don't know the Lord and begin to pray because this is God's mission. It's God's work, and he, by his Holy Spirit, will, 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 will show us how we are to love them. So it's God's mission, and he's invited us to be part of it. The second part of evangelism that is crucial is motivation and this should encourage us because you think about this the the first followers of jesus you know there were such a small group of them such a very very small group and that motivated filled with the holy spirit connected to jesus in community uh, encouraging one another worshiping together staying in the word of god Being going out two by two, look at it's now become over two billion followers of Jesus today. So, God plus one equals a majority. So the you know if if you are feeling inadequate, that is the best place to be for evangelism. Because what does that do? It forces us and presses us to plug into the lord god the great missionary and then he will guide us in our weakness he will be strong and so that that is the perfect place to be those first followers of jesus were really did not know what to do but they knew who to turn to and they open their hands. And soon we know, literally, one person telling another person telling another person. We know the good news spread. History books tell us the news of the resurrected Jesus spread to much of the known world within 30 years. You know, D.T. Niles says this. He says, the great he was a great missionary in India. He said, evangelism is one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread, Mm -hmm. come and see, taste and see. So, so key to all of this is that motivation, abiding in Christ, and it coming out of our overflow. So two keys to motivation, abiding in Jesus, and then praying, praying and asking, Lord, whom would you have me go to? What would you have me do? And then the third M today, uh, Bill, crucial for our evangelism, of course, is the message, the message itself. Uh, The M, we have such good news to share. You know, the word evangelism stems from the Greek word euangelion, which just means good news. I think people think it's such a, a scary concept, but actually it just means... Good news. You're sharing good news. Um, so the message, Paul says in Romans 10, how then can they call on the one whom they have not believed in? And how can they believe in one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news so we as followers of jesus in this time of the most in in literally well over 100 years the greatest time of need in the history of our lives certainly people will look back and say what did they share and of course they'll look at it often corporately to the whole church But the whole church is made up of us. Yeah. It's made up of us. Um, You know, Mother Teresa was asked, when you look at all the poverty in the world, don't you think what you're doing, Mother Teresa, is just a drop in the ocean? And she said, yes, but remember, the ocean is made of many drops. So all of us have built their people you can reach who I will never meet. And same with me. And, and what is amazing is oftentimes the, it is the very things, it's the very places of pain in our lives where Jesus has met us that he then gives us a message and a word of hope has transformed our lives so we can go and share to others. You know, as I said, I struggled with depression for many years, and God has brought incredible healing in my life. And so depressed people come to me with some frequency. And I have the opportunity to say, I know the God who binds up the brokenhearted. I know the God who turns mourning into dancing. I know the path to joy. And so just um, being present with them, listening, and then sharing Jesus with them. Um, is amazing. So the message, the message, I, I summarize um, the message, boy, we could, in fact, maybe we should spend a whole time on just the message itself. I'd love that. Um, But I, I always think of the, the overarching narrative, you know, of, of in the beginning, God, (laughs) God is good And God created the world that was good. So many people right now are saying, what kind of God brings COVID? What kind of God allows despair? What kind of God allows the domestic abuse that's that's rampant during this time right now in our world? Um, And we as followers of Jesus say, that was not God's original design. In the beginning, God created the world and it was good. And, and then we can talk about um, the fall, how we turned away from God and went our own way, a way of selfishness. Why is the world so broken? Because we turned away from God and his way, his perfect way of love and peace and harmony and said we wanted to go about it our way and try as we might of all these different things to fill that void there is nothing um that can do it except god himself
0: amen carrie Heddington is my guest we'll take a short break as we continue our discussion on evangelism if you missed any of this hour you're going to definitely want to go to myfaithradio.com and hit from the beginning we'll be right back
1: Listening to an encore presentation of Afternoons with Bill Arnold, Faith, Hope, and Clarity in a special repeat performance.
0: we're talking about evangelism, my favorite topic, and Carrie, you've said so many amazing things. I've just been taking lots and lots of notes, and when I was thinking of uh, evangelism, you know, back in the <coughs> earlier days, you would try to open uh, the four spiritual laws and give every everything you had all at once, and right. I, I sometimes think, you know, you get up and you say, Lord, what small step can I take with one person today?
1: Yes. Yes, we plant we plant little seeds, don't yes. we? We plant little seeds. So we and and really what I say to people is think about the overall message and find that one little bit of encouragement from the message to share with them. I want to get to that in, in method, but I I just want to summarize the the message um in in, in 30 seconds. Okay. You know, we have the, the mission of evangelism. God's a great evangelist. We are the motivation uh, for evangelism. We have the message. At the heart of the message, we're sharing Jesus. And we, if I could summarize it, it would be, you know, God loved us so much. God came to earth. Did you know that God came to earth? God is real. He's alive. God came to earth in the person of Jesus, he walked among us, He taught us how to live, He died for us on the cross so that we could so that we could um, be reconciled to Him forever. He rose again from the grave so that we could be in relationship with God and forgiven and cleansed and live with Him forever. And then just I just emphasize always God is real, God is alive, God is good, you can meet him, his name is Jesus. Have you ever explored the life of Jesus? Would you like to? Um, And now I'd like to get into the last part, which is method, method. But you know, Bill, what you were saying, we don't have to say the whole thing. We can just say, you are loved. Or, I know you don't feel God's presence, but God is real and with you a small step. Small step.
0: And that might lead into a bigger step in that very same interaction, but it might but, just be planting a seed for the next time.
1: But I think in this um and I've been reading a book by Craig Springer, How to Revive Evangelism Seven Vital Shifts. And he he talks about uh it's this is great. He talks about um uh conversation, not just proclamation, belonging, not just welcoming, experience, not just explanation, fruitful, not just factual. I feel like those four spiritual laws, it's like, I'm going to give you the facts. Now, that's it. Uh, we, not just me, and unity, not just uniformity. Um, but I, I like to think of it this way. Um, here's, here's the method. L-O-V-E, to help us remember, L, look at who's around you. What did Jesus do? How did he first reach out to people? He saw people. He saw Zacchaeus in the tree. He saw Matthew, the tax collector. He saw Peter's mother-in-law, who no one else saw. He saw her, went over, and healed her. We need to be aware and alert. I think you started this conversation with, you know, being alert, being alert to the signs of the times, looking at who's around us, and see them, actually see them, and then listen to them. Jesus, you know, he was always, he asked many more questions than he did give sermons. So one of the most radical ways, I think, during this time of post-COVID Uh, post-pandemic, post-modern, you know, post-family, post-technology, post-post-post-everything world is we listen to people. Think about that loneliness uh, statistic. And we listen, of course, look, we're not social workers. We're followers of Jesus. So we listen with a holy listening, with one ear to God and one ear to the person, saying, God, how would you like me to bless this person? So we see people, we listen, we give people time. Our greatest currency is time. And then, oh, others focused. We serve them. We serve them. That's exactly how Jesus did he saw that people were hungry. He gave them food. It's hard to hear good news when you have a hungry belly. Yeah. Um, he served them. You know, my next door neighbor, um, his wife is very sick. You know, um, I'm not going to go bang him over the head with 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 a big long sermon. I give him food. What do you need? I listen to him. And then that creates an openness. Why does she do these things? You know, my husband and I open our home every other Friday. I can't wait now that things are opening up that we open our home again to international students. And they always say, why do you do this? Why do you open your home to all of us students every other Friday from all over the world? And we say, we're followers of Jesus. And he told us to open our table and to share. We serve them. We serve them. So many, um, Dallas got so many new refugees. Um, at one point, it was the highest per capita of, it, of refugees. And so many of our churches would adopt refugee families. And they say, Who, why, why do you love us like this? Why are you doing this? Um and we say we're followers of Jesus and then that intrigues them. That intrigues them. So we l, we look, we listen. Oh, where others focus, we serve them. v we create a space the the V has two words: vulnerable and voice. We give space for the vulnerable. we give space for those who want to want to seek and ask questions. We listen to their questions. And then at that moment, proclamation is a key part of evangelism. You know, but if you think about it, Bill, the greatest way we can share the good news of Jesus is to share our own stories. And I always I like to think of it this way. If you think of Andrew, he didn't go and do a long diatribe. He just said, I have found, I have found the Messiah. I have found the Messiah. That's all Andrew said. The woman at the well, come meet the man who told me everything I ever did. She didn't go into a long sermon. I have found. So I asked followers of Jesus, how would you complete that sentence? I have found. My story is I have found joy. Bill, how would you complete
0: that? I have found joy. Um, joy, and I've also uh, found this motivation that you've been talking about this hour. I have found this desire. It's like the point you made about there's no evangelism training, but I have joy to share the hope I have in my heart with the lost. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I have found that is purpose, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it is. You have it, it found is.
1: motivation. You have found purpose. Yeah. And so to, to say, you know, I know you don't feel peaceful. But I have found peace in Christ. Mm-hmm. Just that one sentence. I know you don't know the way, but I have found one who shows the way. I have found and encourage people. And the last, I know we're getting to the end of time here. Yeah, we're. The last is the E L O V E E. Eat with people. <laughs> Jesus yeah. had dinner parties. Yeah. Jesus had dinner parties break bread. It's powerful. Invite people to our table. One of our fastest growing churches said, you know what we're going to do? We're just going to open our homes for people to come for a meal. And there were times when our homes were wrecks and some of us didn't have a lot of food to share, but that's how Jesus did it. And just welcoming people into our homes.
0: Carrie, thank you so much. It's been great having you on the program. That wraps up our show for the night. I hope you had a wonderful day. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at myfaithradio.com.